from the Caribbean and I'm a Christian boy. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Hello everybody and welcome to Inspiration for Your Day. I really hope that you're having a wonderful day so far and that uh, tuning into the program will make it even better. My name is Nicole Georges Bennett and I am your host for this show. And uh, today we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Instead of a guest, what I have for you is a feature from groundworks.com and it's all about spiritual discipline. So today we're going to be looking at prayer and fasting. So I think you're definitely going to want to pay attention to that, especially as we've got uh, tomorrow's uh, prayer meeting, prayer and fasting Tuesdays for TLC. So stick around. You'll have a little less chit chat from me today, but it's all about the music and the word of God. This is inspiration for your day. Everyone can do it No worry about nothing hitting that no weight limit Cause this party is heavenly That's the problem gone away It's a new kind of dancing Can lead you to your healing So get up and dance Dance your problem them away I know you've been waiting long But your breakthrough is today Forget about every negative thing Get up and dance into your blessing It might look confusing But it's Caribbean Christian living Caribbean Christian Dancing in my blood mm. Caribbean Christian And dancing in my blood My blood Caribbean Christian And dancing in my blood mm. Caribbean Christian make sure that we start off our day on the right foot and that of course is by giving God all the praise and the glory so I'll invite you to just join in with this short devotional and prayer with me dear Lord we just want to say thank you thank you so much for another day Lord God to just marvel at your goodness to us to see the beauty of nature all around us to see our friends and family Lord God thank you for the opportunity to work thank you for the opportunity to raise our children Lord God and father we just want to be able to focus on the blessings you have said that in this world we would have many troubles but to be of good cheer because you Jesus have overcome the world so we know Lord that despite trials and tribulations Lord that you are with us every step of the way 
thank you for being with us today. Please bless this show and may it glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of our inspirational devotional, which I get from ChristianPerspective.net, is called Press On. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And that comes from Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14. Of all the Israelites, perhaps no one strove harder to please God than Saul of Tarsus. Every area of his life conformed strictly to the law. No one could accuse this respected Pharisee of lacking zeal. He was a man with a mission, a mission to please and serve God. But on the road to Damascus, Saul's life changed entirely. From now on, he would no longer try to please God himself. Instead, he would press on with the goal of knowing Christ. I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Philippians 3.8 Saul, now called Paul, has a new mission, a mission that remained constant amid ever-changing circumstances. It didn't matter whether he was preaching to a crowd or sitting in a damp prison. Paul now had one goal before which everything in his life bowed. Paul wanted to know his Lord. How about you? Is knowing Christ, fellowshipping, trusting, and depending on him the goal towards which you're striving? Ask God to help you press on to know him today. Thank you for listening and I really hope that that touched your heart and that uh, if you are going through perhaps a, a season of drought in your life where you're not sure where you stand in your Christian life that you will also press on to know Jesus more fully today. We've got music coming up but first these messages. Hey you, just wanted to shout out here and tell you guys to join the TLC youth meetings via Zoom on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. To get the Zoom ID, you can email the Lakeside Church at info at lakesidechurch.ca or text church at 647-501-5040. Again, you can text church at 647-501-5040. We're excited to see you guys. How is your TLC 123? Don't forget to call one person, text two people from TLC just to see how they're doing, Pray for three people from TLC every day. Let's be faithful to check up on each other, just like the Lord is faithful to us. We're moving forward together. Everybody hands up if you know that you're moving to another level.
If you are also observing an anniversary, we want to wish you a very happy and blessed anniversary. We've got a nice song coming up for you. Uh, it was actually a special request, so dear friend, here's your request. Thank you by Jermaine Edwards. So this is Jermaine Edwards and Jason Mighty.
Coming up right after this song will be Groundworks Spiritual Disciplines looking at prayer and fasting. Stick around. Get ready to be blessed. In your name, what can I say? Oh, we call upon. 
promise salvation, deliverance, healing. Lift up your hands to Jesus. The blind man see in his name. Cancer is gone in his name. The growth disappears in his name. Whoa. Some years back, I came across a book with the intriguing title, How to Be a Christian Without Being Religious. The book made the important point that Christianity is, at its heart, about a relationship, not a religion. And I believe that firmly with all my heart. I've often said that myself. But of course, it's also true that Christians are religious. You can't really be a Christian without being religious, without practicing your faith. Everyone has to live out, somehow, what they believe. And the classic way that Christians live out what they believe is through a set of practices, religious practices, called the spiritual disciplines. And one of the most important of those is fasting with prayer. We'll talk about that today on Groundwork. Words of Hope and Reframe Media, this is Groundwork where we dig into Scripture to lay the foundation for our lives. I'm Scott Jose. And I'm Dave Bast. And Scott, I, I don't know if you've done this, but for years and years as I've been preaching, I've been pounding away that Christianity is a relationship. Right. And uh, avoiding that word religion. Religion can have bad connotations to people. But, of course, when it comes down to it, Christianity is also a religion. I mean, uh, John Calvin, our great teacher in the Reformed Church, uh, called his magnum opus the Institutes of the Christian Religion. Right. So. Right. And religion, as Lewis Meads, uh, the great writer, uh, passed away some years ago. Lewis Meads used to say, if by religion you mean a set of things you do to make God love you, 
if if religion is a set of practices to get you to heaven, well, that's bad news because then it's all about you and your whole life is worry. But when religion is a response to the grace of God, which is the core of the gospel, well, then it's still good news. And then it's just living out your identity in Christ. And that's why in this series, Dave, we are talking about the, the spiritual disciplines. We introduced them in general and had kind of an overview of them in the first program right. in the series. And today we're really going to look at fasting and in conjunction with that, with prayer. This is part of our religion, not in the sense that it's how we make God love us. It's how we live because we've been told God already loves us in Christ. Yep, exactly. And uh, the key passage, I think, uh, in this connection is from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapter 6. And this is a a section that, if I could play on that book title I mentioned in the introduction, I would call How to Be Religious If You Are a Christian. Uh, Here's how Christians practice their piety. That's Jesus' word. Uh, And this is what he says. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. And then he gives three examples. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward. But when you give, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And Jesus goes on, and whenever you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so they may be seen by others. Again, he says, I tell you, they have their reward, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And finally, to get to the subject of today's program, Jesus goes on, Whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. By the way, we should maybe point out, Dave, that today if we put oil on our head, that would be a way of calling attention to, <laughs> to ourselves, ourselves. Right, right. which is the opposite of what Jesus is saying. In those days, you always put oil yeah, on your so head. Put your, yeah. you comb your make, hair. Make yeah. the cultural adjustments. Right. Shave, comb your hair. Well, yeah. maybe don't shave today. But look normal. Yeah, look uh, normal. Is, is the point. Right. And here's what's interesting. So Jesus, in this part of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, Jesus is warning against being a showboat, being a show-off, doing these things more to have others think well of you than merely wanting to show your love for God. But what's interesting to me is that despite the warnings in here and the things Jesus says not to do, all of them are prefaced with the phrase, when you give alms, when you fast, when you pray. So therefore the assumption is, Christians are going to do this. Disciples of Jesus are going to give. They're going to pray. They're going to fast. It's not if, but when. But when, yeah, exactly. And that's a very important little word. The other thing I love about this passage is uh, his emphasis on the Father who sees what's done in secret. Mm -hmm. I just love to think about that in connection with our Lord, with God. Who's your audience is really the question that Jesus is asking. If you're doing these things, if you're undertaking this piety uh, because your audience is other people and you want them to look at you and say, wow, 
that is a very holy person. That is a very generous person. That is a very spiritually disciplined person. Jesus says, fine, you know, you can do that. And, and some people do, and they get a reward. But their reward, all it is, is that acclamation, that, that public reputation. But if your audience is the father who sees what's done in secret, you don't have to blow your own horn, literally, uh, like the hypocrites did. Uh, you can do these things quietly in a self-effacing, unobtrusive way, knowing that God sees and God knows your heart and uh, God will give you the reward that you seek, which is really just to know more of him. Right. For many of us, this can be a little dodgy, a little difficult. I mean, if you are a preacher, as you and I are, Dave, you do pray in public, uh, you preach in public, so you are seen, um, and people do thank you for your sermon, but you really, you do want the the focus to be NAMI. It's God. Um, And sometimes, even when it comes to giving, so I know a very, very wealthy man, I won't say who it is, but uh, a very, very wealthy person who has given much in his life, Uh, and there's no way he can avoid the public knowing about it. I mean, he, he has given much, and yet... Every time this person gets up to speak, every time I've ever heard him speak, the very first thing he says is, is hello, he says his name, I'm a sinner saved by the grace of Jesus. And I think that's his way of saying, look, I'm really not doing all this stuff to work my way to heaven or to be a show off. Um, I'm doing it out of gratitude to God. And that's the point here. Whether we're giving, whether we're praying, whether we're fasting, all the other disciplines that we'll dive into in other programs in this series too, Dave, they are all about saying thank you to God, and I just want to get to know you better, because look what you've already given me. You can apply, I think, these words of Jesus too literally, maybe, as if every donation has to be anonymous. You know, what what he means with that, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, is sort of, don't think about it even yourself. Just do it and then forget it. Don't... And uh, it doesn't mean you can never pray in public, or you can never tell anyone if you're fasting. I think that would be uh, too literalistic an application. What he's what he's getting at is look at your motives. Really examine yourself. Why are you doing this? And as far as you're able to, do it humbly and do it secretly. Do it for your father. Don't do it for the acclaim you might win from others. And I think uh, most of us, if not uh, all of us who are Christians, deep down that, that is what we want to do. But what we want to think about next is a lot of us know about giving. We, we maybe give to the offering plate every week. A lot of us know about praying. We probably pray every day. Fasting is something a lot of us don't do as often, if ever. And uh, we're going to want to talk to somebody about that subject. And we're going to do that coming up next. Listeners like you make Groundwork what it is. Our website, groundworkonline.com, is another way that we work to join you as you dig deeper into the scriptures. There, we continue to reflect on today's discussion about our world and the Bible. Plus, we look to you to help us think about upcoming programs. Finding us is easy. Just visit our website, groundworkonline.com. Hi, I'm Dave Bast, along with Scott Jose, and you're listening to Groundwork, where today we're talking about the spiritual discipline of fasting. And in order to help us do that, we're welcoming a special guest to our program. Now, this is someone I've known for a long time. I've had a close personal and working relationship with her, and I've asked her, I had to almost do a little bit of arm twisting to come 
and talk about her experience with fasting because I happen to know uh, some of what she's done, not all, not a lot, and she's a little reluctant even to share that, mindful of what Jesus says in the passage we've just been looking at about not drawing attention to yourself. So we're just going to use her first name so as not to draw more attention, but I just believe that this could be very helpful to all of us who are followers of Jesus as we think about the spiritual discipline of fasting. So welcome, Sue. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for being willing, too, to share your personal experience of the spiritual discipline of fasting. And maybe I could just start by asking, what made you decide to try this? When um, I first came to know that Jesus was real and alive in my mid-20s, I started reading the Bible, and it was amazing. And I read in the Bible about fasting. And so I did it one day and had an amazing, you know, it was just an amazing, wonderful day of being with the Lord. And sometimes you fast for if you have a huge major decision or if there's a huge prayer burden or something like that. So sort of to intensify your prayer life or your, your sense of needing to come to God for some specific reason. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes, Sue, I think sometimes mm-hmm. people focus on, well, let's just see if I can do it. I'll just see if I can go a whole day. Or, But it's not about that, right? It's, it's not about pulling a, off a, a neat trick or something. It's about carving out space and focus for something that has nothing to do with you, right? I definitely agree with that because if it were just me deciding, I wouldn't make it through the day. But mm. I have found that it's God calling you to do it and not you saying, oh, I think I'll fast and I can do it. Just to be clear, when you're talking about fasting, you're talking about the real deal. You're talking about not eating, literally not eating for a period of time. Yeah. You know, we have the model of Jesus in the New Testament. Here's a passage, for example, from Luke chapter 4. Jesus, this is right at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So there's that idea you're just saying, that God somehow prompts you to do this, gives you the idea. He was led for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. (laughs) I think that's an understatement by Luke. Mm -hmm. But I know, Sue, that you've actually imitated Jesus in this and have undertaken uh, some of these very long, intense fasts. Why did you do that? And what was it like? Yeah, well, it wasn't like, oh, Jesus fasted for 40 days. I think I'll imitate him. It was a time in my life, 15 years into my walk with the Lord, that I was just in a real spiritual desert and um, just found myself being a hypocrite and a Pharisee and just cold spiritually to the Lord and everything. And so I happened to a book on my shelf for a few years about fasting and prayer and humbling yourself and coming close to God. So I read that book one morning and I thought, I and I had been feeling for a while that God had been saying, if, if you know, you you need a change in your spiritual life. So the next morning I felt like I needed to start fasting and more than I needed to start fasting for a time to kind of get all this junk out, like stuff that nobody can see, you don't even know, maybe, you know, deep things in your heart that are just, because I was past the time in your life where you're, you know, swearing or where you have some outward, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. physical thing. Something really obvious. Yeah. And more of those things of pride and how come they didn't notice me when I did that act at church kind of thing. 
So I never started out thinking I was going to fast for 40 days, but I realized that just after a day, you know, I there was no way I was even starting chipping away. And I read Second Chronicles where under Hezekiah, the priests clear out the temple. It took them eight days just to throw out the junk into the Kidron mm-hmm. Valley just to get to the portico and eight more days, you know, to really clean out the temple. And I really experienced throwing out this junk into the kid. And it took a while, but pretty quick, God became just so intimate. And, um, and so I, okay, you know, I'll keep fa- and then starting to intercede and pray and those things kicked in. And I found out that there was a lot of there at that time, in 96, there was a huge movement of people fasting and praying, not like I'm the only one who's done this. There's lots of people, thousands of people, and leaders um, like Paul Eshelman or Dick Eastman or whatever. So Praying for the world, praying for missions, and, praying yeah, for people to come to Christ. And revival for this country. And I ended up, about the 15th day, I, I realized that God was saying he wanted me to fast for 40 days. And I said, okay, God. It's so interesting to just to listen to you. I have fasted at times now and then. Much to the shock of my wife, when we were preparing this program, I told her that in college once I had fasted an entire week. She couldn't believe that I actually could could do that. But I remember when I did that, I thought initially going in, all I'm going to think about is food. I'm just going to keep thinking about it. But I found that actually wasn't true. I mean, not only did you actually have more time to pray because you weren't making food or sitting down to eat it, but I also found that I didn't think just about food. I thought about a lot of other things I hadn't thought about for a long time. That kind of sounds like uh, what your experience was as well, uh, that it brings things to mind and brings them to prayer in a way that somehow... I don't know. It just doesn't happen if you're not uh, otherwise focused in that way. You really need to be spending time in the scriptures and in worship. And I'm sure I wasn't out shopping or anything during that time period. Mm. I mean, you really are spending, you are devoting your time and your thoughts and everything to the it's Lord. It's not and just worship. giving up. It's it's taking in uh, as well. Yeah. And, you know, needing to worship and really depending on God's strength and but I, I actually had to prepare food because I had kids. I had, oh. you know, grade school, high school, yeah. husband who came home at night, you know. So that was. So you were you putting were oil on, on your yeah. face and uh, <laughs> acting normal and yeah. going through all the things of a wife and mother. What was the hardest thing about that experience for you? Maybe being around food sometimes. But one time I woke up in the morning and the Lord said, you're going to be attacked today about fasting. <laughs> and, and a dear family friend of ours kept calling me Gandhi. I wanted to be Gandhi or something. I don't know. You know, just something like that. So sometimes you get that. People don't understand or, oh, well, who do you think you are or whatever. I mean, if if they happen to... To know. um, And also, you know, you have hunger pains. and, And actually, it's very hard coming off of a long fast. And you really should be doing that carefully. And so that that's very hard. Probably once you emerge from a fast, particularly a significant one of a week or two weeks or 40 days, obviously there are things you need to do carefully to start your digestion going again. You've got to be careful. But I'm guessing life looks differently even once you start eating again. Mm, yeah, that's true. I can remember when I went to the grocery store and <laughs> looked at all the vegetables and fruits that I got to eat. But, you know, actually, I think... Life was different for me because I had prayed during that time, you know, I want to hold on to the Lord for my whole life. And 
after experiencing that, I was like worried about, you know, because pe- people in the Bible, they fell away towards the end of their mm-hmm. life, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that was one thing that changed. For you kind of came away with an, the assurance yeah. that he was with you and you were with him. And, and I would hold on to him my last. whole life. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. you kind of have those times. Are, it's kind of like stones of remembrance, I guess, of, you know, you just know who the Lord is and you've experienced being intimate with the Lord and I couldn't even fast for a year after that because mm. it was there was there's hard things about it but it's wonderful but the next year I fasted one day a week and in a way that was really that's really neat because you just go from week to week kind of okay just step into the sanctuary you know and you're and so that's a wonderful way to fast and I know a lot of people who do that you know they just fast one day a week for their life huh. Well, and that ties in, actually, uh, Dave, what we looked at in the first program in this series, and we talked about spiritual hygiene and how do you stay fit. Mm-hmm. There's just little things you do every day. Maybe you do a couple push-ups or just a chin-up or two, or you take a brisk walk for 15 minutes. These things aren't the equivalent of a 40-day fast, but they're like a, a once-a-week fast. Little things that just keep us limber and keep us spiritually healthy. Sometimes you train for the marathon, but other times you just train just to stay healthy. And I think, Sue, that's what you're saying Mm -hmm. about just a little fasting, which I'm sure looks a lot more manageable to most people. Mm -hmm. And yet it has longer term effects. I love that phrase you used, step into the sanctuary, Mm -hmm. uh, because it is really about coming closer and being intimate with God. And uh, I think that's the goal all of us have, of intimacy with the Lord who loves us and gave himself for us. So thanks so much, Sue, for sharing, and uh, the Lord be with you. Thank you. In just a moment, we're going to dig more into prayer, which is something that we're able to do more of when we have periods of fasting. And so we'll take a look at that next. This is today.com. It's a great site for your daily devotions to refresh, refocus, renew on your everyday walk with God. Listen to the thisistoday.com podcast or read along with the text displayed on the homepage. Sign up to receive the devotional in your email or download the This Is Today phone app. This quick and thought-provoking devotional is a great resource for you with brand new content every single day. So listen to it on the go or read it at the dinner table. And let every day be a day with thisistoday.com. Refresh, refocus, renew at thisistoday.com. You're listening to Groundwork, where we're digging into Scripture to lay the foundation for our lives. I'm Dave Bast. And I'm Scott Jose, and we're continuing in this program, which is part of a larger series, on spiritual disciplines. And we just had a guest with us in the last segment that talked about fasting and her particular experience with fasting. Pretty intense fasting. Pretty intense fasting. Um, But as she also noted, and as Jesus notes, and as I think almost every passage in Scripture that mentions fasting makes clear, fasting is yoked to prayer. They're linked together inextricably. And so let's just think just for a little bit uh, before we close out this program on prayer and on why we pray, why the Heidelberg Catechism calls prayer the chief part of our gratitude to God. It's the best way to say thank you. John Calvin called it the chief exercise of our piety Piety, is prayer. Why is that? Well, how does prayer connect us to God? Well, and there's probably nothing 
among the spiritual disciplines that Christians have more questions about. I mean, maybe fasting isn't on most people's radar, but uh, prayer, you know, it's something we know we're all supposed to do, and yet lots of problems. I mean, how do I pray? What, where do I find the right words? Why do I even pray? Doesn't God already know everything anyway? What am I doing? Well, that's pretty easy to dispose of that one. We do not pray to tell God what he doesn't know right. or to inform him. or it's, it's not like the kid who makes out his uh, Christmas list to give to Santa. Right. God knows what we need before we even ask him. So prayer isn't so much for his sake as it is for ours. And it's the way probably that we most exercise and develop our intimacy with God, our relationship with God. And you're right. In terms of the information side of the equation, Dave, uh, prayer is more for our sake than for God's because he, he knows everything we're going to say anyway. But I, I would actually uh, say insofar as, and this has been true from the beginning, insofar as God does want a relationship with us, there is a sense in which prayer benefits God as much as us because he wants to hear from us, right? I mean, you, you can't imagine having a best friend. You can't imagine certainly having a spouse. You can't imagine having a good relationship with any of your children and never talking, right? right? So it's just a natural outgrowth of our relationship by grace to God through Jesus and in the Holy Spirit that we're caught up, engulfed in the triune community of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And communication is a natural part of that. Thanks and praise, but also confession, petition, all of it is just part of how we are stay in relationship with God. We talk about what's on our heart. That's what we do yeah. with a spouse at the end of the day. That's what you do with your kid. Uh, we share what's on our heart. And you can't have a good relationship with somebody and not ever do that. Well, and I think maybe there's a bottom line reason why we pray, because we're told to. Yeah. It's easy to overthink prayer and theorize too much about it. You just do it because God tells us to. Jesus says, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open to you. So just come to God and share what's on your mind right. and share what's on your heart and share what you know you need and share what you want. And uh, don't worry about uh, the theory of it. Just do it because right. Jesus tells us to. Certainly there's truth to the line from the old hymn, As I Breathe, I Pray, right, where we're constantly kind of in communion with God. We've all had that. But, we, you know, there's also that need to carve out the time. And this is part of what makes it a discipline. If, if husbands and wives never carve out some dedicated time mm -hmm. for conversation, they go out for dinner together or they sit together in the living room, if it's always just on the fly, little snippets, the relationship won't grow. So you need those concentrated times. And that's part of what makes it a discipline, to carve out the time fasting, as we just heard, right. opens up some of that time. But even when we're not fasting, that intentionality of being intentional and carving out the time.
this is where I make my exit. Thank you so much for having tuned into the program today. I really hope that you enjoyed it and that it put a smile on your face and hope in your heart. And uh, just to remind you, don't forget to tune in to the Lakeside Church Toronto on Facebook tomorrow evening for 7 p.m. prayer meeting. And uh, also, of course, tomorrow will be prayer and fasting on Sunday. Remember to tune in for live service on the Lakeside Church website. That's lakesidechurch.ca or Facebook page Lakeside Church Toronto for live service at 1030. This has been inspiration for your day. Have a wonderful day, everybody, and be blessed. Now,